Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Open up your mouth and give God praise. Hallelujah. We're so grateful to be here. Another week we made it through. Hallelujah. Come on, you ought to be grateful. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Anybody know that the name of Jesus is great? It protects you. Whenever you call on him, he hears you. The Bible says that when you call on his name, he'll be right there and he'll answer. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise the name of our God. Lord God, have your way in the service. Hallelujah. We thank you and we love you, Jesus. Jesus, 
praise him? Oh, I just feel this Hallelujah. in my spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. Yes. He's my deliverer. In him will I trust. Oh, praise the name of Is he your rock? Is he a strong tower? Come on, have you called on him through these years? Has he answered you? Has he heard your cry? Come on, open up your mouth and praise him. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father. There's nobody like you. Yes, God. Come on, clap your hands right here. Come on, we're going to praise him. To thee we ascribe glory, honor, and strength, God. Hallelujah. One more time, here we go. Everybody clap your Oh, God. 
praise them this morning. Wherever you are, you ought to open up your mouth and lift up your voice. Hallelujah. We worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. We declare, we declare, nobody like you. We worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. We declare, we declare, nobody like you. We worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. Nobody like you. We worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. We declare, we declare, nobody like you. We worship, we worship with our whole heart, adore you. We declare, we declare, nobody like you. We worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. We declare, we declare, nobody like you. We worship, we worship. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, we think oh, nobody like you. you think girl. Before we worship, worship. Oh, 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 you. We, we, we think oh, oh, nobody like you. 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 Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. Come on. We lift up. We lift our hands to our God. Come on, we lift up. We lift up. We lift our hands to our God. To our God. We lift our hands to our God.
Well, good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. We are grateful to God that he has allowed us another opportunity to be together, even if only virtually. We're grateful because he kept us through another week. There's not one single thing that we needed this week that we had to go without. And for that, we thank our God. He has brought us safely through another week and allowed us to see the start of a new one. And for that, we give him praise. We give him praise for these two young men who have given their lives to Christ and who have entered into believers' baptism today. What a wonderful, wonderful decision they've made. The best decision they will ever make in their lives. And we're grateful for the opportunity to, uh, to baptize them today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. We thank Miss Valerie and her team for, the, uh, for, for leading us in praise and worship. And we're going to get ready for our study today. Uh, but let's take a moment and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Father, we thank you for this day. We're grateful for life and for health and strength. We're grateful, Lord, because you have provided everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. We're grateful to be in right relationship with you. More than anything else, we're grateful just to be saved, to be sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Father, would you speak to our hearts through the precious Holy Spirit today? We need a word from you this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are still speaking give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can turn to Acts chapter 13. That's where we're going to be. Acts chapter 13. But I just want to continue in prayer, in song. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, give me the words that will bring new life. Words on the wings of the morning, the dark nights will fade away if you speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. A message of love to encourage me Lifting my heart from despair How you love me and care for me Won't you speak to my heart? Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit Give me the words that will bring new life Words on the wings of the morning The dark nights will fade away If you speak to my heart Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit A message of love to encourage me 
Lifting my heart from despair How you love me and care for me Won't you speak to my heart Speak to my heart Speak to my heart Speak to my heart I can't hear from you then I know what to do I won't go alone I'll never go on my own just let your spirit guide and let your word abide speak to my heart Lord give me your holy word if I can't hear from you then I'll know what to do I won't go alone no I'll never go on my own Just let your spirit guide And let your word abide Speak to my heart Speak to my heart Won't you speak to my heart Lord, speak to my heart Come on, sing with me If I can hear from you, then I'll know what to do. I won't go alone. I'll never go on my own. Just let your spirit guide and let your word abide. Speak, Lord. Speak to my heart, Lord. Yes, Lord. Speak to my heart. Lord to speak today and let me tell you he is still speaking don't let anybody tell you that he's not he is Acts chapter 13 Acts chapter 13 starting at verse 1 I'm reading from the new international version of the holy scriptures and here's what it says now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, 
they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Verses 1 through 3 of Acts chapter 13. In our study of the book of Acts, while we're looking at the church that Jesus built, we have come to chapter 13. It has been said among biblical scholars that the first seven chapters of the book of Acts could be called the church among the Jews, while chapters 8 through 12 could be classified as the church in transition to the Gentiles, but beginning at verse beginning at chapter 13 of this book, we see a distinct move to the church among the Gentiles. But before we get to those missionary journeys, we just need to deal today with the first three verses of this chapter. Because in just these three short verses of scripture, there lies a word for the church of today. There are some simple truths in these verses that I believe will help the church of the living God to find its way back to being, back to looking like, back to acting like, back to functioning like the church that Jesus was referring to when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There are some characteristics in these verses, some attributes, some qualities, some peculiarities that can be found in the church at Antioch that I believe if we were to discover, to discern, and adopt these truths, that we as the church would benefit from it. And so let me teach from this subject for just a little while today, the church the Holy Spirit speaks to. The church the Holy Spirit speaks to. Verse 2 of this passage says that the Holy Spirit said something to the church at Antioch. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. The Holy Spirit sent word. And when I look around at the condition of our world, at the condition of the church, I am convinced that our problem, our issue in the church is that we need the Holy Spirit to speak. Oh, we hear everybody else. We hear loudmouth politicians. We hear crooked preachers. We hear mocking members. But are we hearing the voice of God? Are we really hearing the Holy Spirit? In times like these, we need to hear the Holy Spirit. So let's study for just a little bit. Let's take a look at the text to discover the church the Holy Spirit speaks to. Let's jump right in to the lesson. Verse 1 starts like this. Now in the church at Antioch. Stop right there, please. Did you catch it? Let me read it again. Now in the church at Antioch. Did you see how Luke refers to the church at Antioch? I would like to offer that the first characteristic of the church that the Holy Spirit speak to is one where there is, number one, unity in the church. Unity in the, in the church. Listen, listen to what the Bible does not say. Now in the churches at Antioch, it says in the church 
at Antioch. And from what biblical scholars have uncovered and tell us, there was not, uh, pardon me, uh, there was not one meeting place for the church at Antioch. There were multiple congregations of people with multiple leaders in multiple locations, but there was only one church. However many assemblies of people there were, there was only one church. However many different leaders there were, there was only one church. The church at Antioch. You see, Jesus only promised to build one church. Church, you remember the definition of the word church, don't you? Uh, ecclesia, called out ones, gathering of saved folk, the church. That's all the called out ones, one church. And the verse doesn't say, now in the Baptist church at Antioch, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble today. Now in the Baptist church at Antioch, it does not say. It does not say in the sanctified church at Antioch. It does not say in the Methodist church at Antioch. It does not say in the Catholic church at Antioch. It does not say in the Pentecostal church at Antioch. It doesn't even say in the church of God in Christ at Antioch. No, it says in the church at Antioch. Saints, we would do well. We would be doing ourselves a favor if we would take heed to the unity that is on display in those few little words. I believe that the modern day church gets so caught up in our own preferences, in our own territory, even in our own denominations, that we try to build our own churches, dare I say our own kingdoms, when God is calling us to unity in his church. I got a couple questions for you. What would be different in the city of Dayton if there was the church at Dayton. How many lives would be affected? How much justice would be accomplished? How would the school systems be different? How, it, how would it affect crime in our communities? What effect would it have on racism and classism and sexism if we would come together as the church at Dayton instead of my church trying to do its little thing and your church trying to do its little thing and you don't bother my stuff and I won't bother your stuff and you have your own little kingdom and I have my own little kingdom. No, the church at Antioch was unified. You know what the Bible says about unity. Go back to Psalm 133. How good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion for the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore in unity. How good that is pleasant, agreeable, excellent, appropriate, becoming. How pleasant that is delightful, sweet, lovely, musical, sweet sounding, harmony. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren, people who share something, who share the same parents or share the same tribe, to dwell together, to remain, to sit, to abide. Not a one-time shot, not a feel-good moment, not a put on for a little while, but to dwell together, to live together in unity. It's about unity. Now, I must say that unity and uniformity are not the same, right? 
uniformity. That's where everything looks just alike. But what's on display in the church at Antioch is unity. They are one church. But not only is there unity in the church, number two, there is also diversity in the church. Diversity in the church. I'm going to try not to get in too much trouble, and I'm almost done, but I'm in the text. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. There it is, the church leadership, the prophets and teachers that the Lord had set in the church. While unified, they were also diversified. They didn't all look the same. They didn't all come from the same background. But what united them was greater than what could divide them. You have Barnabas, he's the old man. And you have Simeon called Niger. And you know what Niger means? It means black. Lucius, who was from Cyrene, Cyrene in northern Africa, who's also mentioned in Romans as one of Paul's kinsmen. Let me, let me just pause right here and say parenthetically that this, is another, this passage is another one of the reasons that I, can't, I just don't buy it when these newly woke people start trying to tell me that Christianity is the white man's religion that was used as a yoke around our necks to keep us servile and submitted to make sure that we were good slaves. That's, that's hogwash. You see people of color all through the Bible. I see the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching the continent of Africa before the Europeans got there to start the slave trade. Uh, Lucius was from Cyrene, that's northern Africa. Simeon was called black. But I digress. You've also got Menaean, who was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, that's Herod Antipas, and Saul, the young one. You've got the old one, the young one, the black one, the northern African one, the rich one, and they all come together. Could there be a more diverse grouping of church leaders in Antioch? There was diversity in the church. And can I just point out that it wasn't the type of diversity that's just for show. It wasn't the type of diversity that just uses one group to attract more people. It wasn't the type of supposed diversity with a few token Negroes that are just at the table so that everybody can feel better about themselves. No, Simeon was in leadership. Lucius was a prophet. And Listen, I'm not trying to get in too much trouble, but part of the problem that we've seen in the church is that what is that what uh, we, we, we want what looks like diversity, but we don't really value diversity. Y'all remember uh, when, when we were all flocking to predominantly white charismatic churches uh, where nobody in, in leadership of those churches was actually black God. Y'all forgive me, just stay tuned. I'll get past this, I promise. Uh, where, where nobody in leadership in the church was black except for the music director and the musicians. And everything was fine as long as we came, as long as we worshiped, as long as we gave and made the leadership rich. And some of us didn't wake up until they started telling us last month 
that anybody who is really saved would support Donald Trump. I'm trying, I got to tell the truth. Some of us are still waiting on those angels from Africa and South America. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to cause any harm. All I'm saying is that there should be unity in the Lord's church and that unity includes real diversity. You bring your white people, I'll bring my black people, and let's be the church. You bring your rich people, I'll bring my poor people, and let's be the church. You bring your old people, I'll bring my young people, and let's be the church. You bring your hymns, and I'll bring my gospel, and let's be the church. You bring your hand clapping, and I'll bring my shout, and let's be the church. You bring your country, and I'll bring my anthems, and let's be the church. Unity is not that we all have to be alike, just that we all fit together. You know what Ephesians 4.16 says, From him that is from Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know what 1 Corinthians 12 says, There are different gifts but the same spirit, different ministries but the same Lord, different ways of working but the same God works all things in all men. Now to each one uh, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one there is given through the spirit the message of wisdom to another the message of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in various tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit who apportions them to each one as he determines nobody can say because I'm a hand I don't belong to the body nobody can say if I'm an ear that because you're an eye you don't belong to the body there ought to be diversity there was unity in the church and there is diversity in the church but let's keep reading I'm almost done and this is uh, this is as much uh, tune as we're going to get today uh, there was diversity in the church there was unity in the church but let's keep reading while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said stop right there did you catch that did you catch what these church leaders are doing did you read what these prophets and teachers were doing they weren't fussing and fighting they weren't arguing and agitating they weren't trying to exclude each other over doctrinal issues. They weren't trying to outdo each other. They weren't busy with bake sales and barbecues. The Bible says they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. They were, they were, that, that word literally worshiping there in the NIV, it literally means to serve at a cost. While they were serving the Lord and fasting, while they were giving themselves for the Lord's use, while they were presenting their bodies as a living sacrifice. You see, the church that the Holy Spirit speaks to is not just a unified church, not just a diversified church, but there was spirituality. That's number three, spirituality in the church. Again, I don't mean to cause much harm, but how do we expect the Holy Spirit to speak in the church? when we are not concerned with being a spiritual people. I'm afraid that the church has become so business-minded. After all, church in 2021 is big business. 
we've become so business minded that we've lost our spirituality we want to be so culturally relevant that we lose our spiritual distinctions we are a people of the spirit the bible says we are the temple of the holy ghost and we need spiritual people in leadership who are more concerned with spiritual things than with earthly things who are more concerned with service to God rather than seeing their own name in lights leaders who have a heart for the things of God rather than how they can get the most money on the backs of God's people. Leaders and followers for that matter whose primary concern is God's glory and not their own. Leaders who walk in the spirit, who talk in the spirit, who live in the spirit, who give in the spirit. I'm afraid that we've become so educated that we edge out the spirit of God. We edge him right out of everything. We want to be able to explain everything. We want to have a logical explanation for everything. But I've got news for you. Sometimes the spirit of God doesn't move according to human logic or public opinion or by popular majority vote. Sometimes the spirit of God does stuff and says stuff that doesn't make any sense. The Spirit of God can move how he pleases, when he pleases, for as long as he pleases, where he pleases. And it is our job, it is our responsibility to follow his lead. These men of God were worshiping the Lord and fasting, serving the Lord, and denying themselves serving the Lord's people and denying their own cravings. They weren't trying to lead the Lord's church by their own intellect or by public opinion or by popular vote or by the latest trends or by copying what the world was doing. They were worshiping and fasting. And as they were doing this, the Spirit spoke. While they were opening themselves to him, he spoke to them. Maybe, just maybe, just perhaps the reason why we are not any farther along as the church is that we are too busy with unspiritual things to hear the Holy Ghost speaking to us. Maybe that's why we've tried to convince ourselves that the Holy Spirit doesn't speak anymore because it allows us to be okay with being unspiritual. We've become okay with, with running religious businesses instead of spiritually leading the Lord's church. Perhaps we've gotten used to relying on our own intellect rather than total dependence on the spirit of the living God. But I want to offer that if we will get back to spiritual things, if we will give ourselves to prayer and fasting, if we will give ourselves to true and spiritual worship, then maybe we would hear his spirit calling out to us because he is still speaking. The church that the Spirit speaks to is a church where there is unity, a church where there's diversity, a church where there's spirituality. But then finally, we see number four, and this is it, we see humility in the church. It's really in the text if you look in there. Humility in the church. So while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Ghost said, separate Barnabas and Paul unto me so that they can do the work for which I've called them. And verse 3 says that when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. 
The Holy Spirit spoke. The leaders fasted and prayed, laid hands on Barnabas and Saul, and sent them away on mission. Where's the humility, Pastor? Well, there are two examples of humility in this verse. Let me give them both to you, and then you can go on about your day. First of all, Simeon, Lucius, and Manaean show humility in the fact that they heed the voice of the Holy Ghost who is telling them to separate two of their peers for a special mission. There is no record, there is no indication of jealousy or envy. There is no record of questioning why Barnabas and Saul and not me. No record of comparing preaching or congregation size or experience. None of that. The Holy Spirit says, I want Barnabas and Saul. And they fast and pray, lay their hands on them, and send them on. That's humility. Nobody's trying to be the big dog. Nobody's saying, this is my city. There's humility. But then there's humility on Barnabas and Paul's part as well. When the Holy Spirit speaks, he indicates that he had already called these guys. And we know that we know from earlier in the book, chapter 9, that the Lord had already revealed that Paul was going to be used to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul was not going to stay at Antioch. And it is probable that Barnabas understands his call as well. But even though the Lord had called them, check this out, check out their humility, they didn't go until they were sent. That's humility. They submitted to the other leadership and ultimately to the Spirit of God. Wow. How different is that? How different is that from what we see today where somebody recognizes their call today and goes off to start their own church or ministry tomorrow without any prayer or fasting outside of themselves, without any laying on of hands, without any sending, they just go. But Barnabas and Saul or Paul display humility in that they wait on their ministry. These brothers realize it's not about them. It's about the glory of God. It's about getting the gospel out to everyone who's supposed to hear it. And, and I, again, uh, I've already gotten in trouble a couple times, so one more time isn't going to hurt. Listen, I don't, I, I don't know where we get this concept of ministries that start away from the church and authority of the living God. Nobody just went out and did their own thing. They were sent. They were called beforehand, but they didn't go until they were sent. And saints, we know what the Bible says about humility, right? Yeah, humility. Uh, as God's chosen ones put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, Patience. James 4, 6 says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 10, humble yourself, the Lord will exalt you. Proverbs 18, 12, humility comes before honor. You already know what Philippians chapter 2 says, and I'll leave this with you. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He 
humbled himself becoming obedient to death even death on a cross therefore God highly exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father listen church if we are going to be the church the Holy Spirit speaks to there must be humility in the church and that's not just in the pew it's in the pulpit that's from the front to the back side to side everybody there must be unity we're one not one little c church one big c church we're diversified we don't all look the same we don't all act the same we're not all from the same background we don't all have the same interests but we're diversified in that unity we're spiritual people we move by the spirit of God not by statistical analysis and then finally we are people that display humility God's agenda before my own that's really what humility is God's agenda before my own we want to be the church that the spirit speaks to that is a church where there's unity a church that values diversity a church where there's spirituality a church of humility listen I only pastor the church at Mount Calvary but if there are some other pastors some other prophets and teachers who are listening to me right now would you please take this to heart would you please take this to your people so that we can be as one church because really Jesus only promised that he was going to build one I'm afraid that we're going to be sorely disappointed when we get to glory and there's not a Baptist heaven and a Methodist heaven and a Pentecostal heaven. There's not a black heaven and a white heaven. There's not a country music heaven and an anthem heaven. We're all going to be together because Christ died for one church. And that's the one church he's coming back for. The church without spot or wrinkle. If you believe it and if you accept that, would you clap your hands and tell the Lord thank you and say amen right where you are listen if you want to be a part of the Lord's church and he's only got one let me tell you some good news today God loved the world so much did you hear that the world that's everybody without exception that he gave his only begotten son that's Jesus Christ that whosoever believes in him that is anybody without exception you don't have to perish but you shall have everlasting life here's what the Bible says confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord that just means that he's in charge that he's running stuff and we're not 
believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That, brothers and sisters, is good news. You haven't gone too far. You haven't done too much. You're not too dirty. You haven't been gone too long. Listen, if you are breathing right now, you have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ. And the truth is, you can't get it right with God without Jesus. He's the only way. If you're ready to make that confession today, you want to be saved today, would you send us a message? Uh, put it in the chat, something. We'll be looking out for it. Let us know that you want to make that decision today. I promise it is the best decision you will ever make in your life. Someone will contact you this week and we'll walk you through the process and walk you through the beginnings of this new life. If any man, any woman, any person be in Christ, he is a new creature. You can start new today. Just let us know. We'll be glad to walk with you. Praise God. There are just a couple of things I want to tell you, uh, and then, then we'll uh, go to the announcer. Make sure you stay tuned to the end. If there's anyone who is listening right now, anybody who's a veteran, a United States veteran, you can go to the VA no matter what age you are, and get your coronavirus vaccine, all right? Um, for the rest of society, I think we, are at, we may be at 75 now. Uh, this week coming, I think people age 75 and up can get the vaccine. But if you're a veteran, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can go to the VA. There are people with a, who have appointments, but even if you don't have an appointment, uh, you can still go between the hours of 8 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. They will get you seen, all right? Once they open a, a package of the Moderna vaccine, they have to use it. They got to use it when they open it, okay? So go to the VA and get your vaccine, uh, and you can, you can do that anytime. Please, veterans, uh, go and get immunized. I told Brother Sandifer a few weeks ago that, uh, that he could come up to the platform and, uh, and have the mic if he, brought, if he had a bag for me like somebody else had a bag for me. And so he brought me an empty bag this morning, nothing in it at all, and said, hey, Pastor, you remember you said I could get in the, I could get in the pulpit and, and use the mic if I brought you a bag. Well, he brought it, so I'm going to let him uh, say whatever he wants to say, and then the announcer's going to come and, uh, and give you some further instructions. While I'm here, let me go ahead and give the benediction, and God bless you. Have an absolutely wonderful week. We are the church, and we are glad about it. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation. Pastor Sam, it has been a, approximately 10 months since we've been able to assemble together uh, as a congregation. And in that 10-month time period, one of the things that you have said to us 
you have been preaching and teaching what the church is. And the church is not these four walls here. What you've been preaching and teaching to us, you know, about how to live for Christ. And more important than that is not only have you been preaching and teaching it, you've been demonstrating, you know, what you've been preaching and teaching. On behalf of the Mount Calvary Nation, Mount Calvary family and friends, we know that today... Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app. Or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.